This is a Pasco Media production. Please visit pascomedia.com. Hello and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast once again where we hope to provide a place of connection and rest and encouragement for you on the journey with us and seeking the heart of Christ. My name is Sister Miriam James and I am joined with my beautiful and amazing friends Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger as always Michelle I see you have your coffee early this morning how are you doing? I am doing so well. I am fully caffeinated and awake, and it is beautiful and sunny here in Florida. So, yeah, life is good today. Heather, how are you? I'm doing well. I have a full plate. I, you know, whenever I have a full plate, I don't sleep that well. So there's really no amount of coffee that can remedy how tired I feel right now. <laughs> but, but that's how life is sometimes. But otherwise, everything is very good. Yeah, I'm happy today. Happy to be with you. Amen. Well, we are continuing on our journey of the feminine genius, which has been really wonderful. We've gotten a lot of great feedback from all y'all. So thank you so much for your words and your thoughts. And we have a, a next installment for you. So this is part three of our series on the feminine genius. And in parts one and two, we talked about the feminine genius and the characteristics of sensitivity and receptivity. And today we're going to delve into the third characteristic, which is generosity. Okay, so the special ability women have, the special gift that we have, which places value on the human person in a unique way. So the generosity being able to give our to give of ourselves um, for the protection and promotion of the human person. And so one of our favorite saints, well, a saint to be, which she's a total rock star, Venerable Fulton Sheen, Bishop Fulton Sheen. And here's our quote that's going to kind of guide our discussion today. So Venerable Fulton Sheen says this. He says, the level of any civilization is the level of its womanhood. The reason is to be found in the difference between knowing and loving. When we know something, we bring it down to the level of our intelligence. Examples of abstract subjects must be given to children to suit the level of their minds. But when we love something, we always have to go up to meet it. For example, if we want to master music, we must obey its laws and meet its demands. Since a woman is loved, it follows that the nobler a woman is, the nobler a man will have to be to be deserving of that love. And that is why the level of any civilization is always the level of its womanhood. <laughs> no small task. <clears throat> Ladies, Heather, what, what are your thoughts on that when you hear those words from Bishop Fulton Sheen? Yeah, I mean, it's wonderful. I've actually never heard that quote before. And uh, and I think, obviously, it's very, very true. Um, but I love the way that he puts that. That's <laughs> like you said, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it is a demand. That's for sure. Michelle, what are your thoughts? I love it that... Um women hold the bar, you know, our level of civilization. I think um, it goes really well with women being life bears and um, that we bring life. But I think it's also um, almost like a warning too. like, okay, women, you know, as the women go, the civilization goes, you know, that it is um, a beautiful responsibility and a beautiful gift, you know, um, that the civilization is defined by our womanhood and um, how we respond to that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a doozy of a quote though, isn't it though? Yeah. You you can unpack that one for a while. So what were your thoughts, sister? Well, I love, I mean, I love Bishop Fulton Sheen. I I just, it's very beautiful and it's, you know, it almost kind of is, is jarring at first. You're like, what, like, why is that? You know, but 
in a not unlike John Paul II in his book, Love and Responsibility, with love comes great responsibility. I think that's Spider-Man, a quote from Spider-Man's uncle, isn't that true? With great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But, you, but you see that, I think, women's unique role in a very special way that, you know, many times society will sink to whatever women allow. And, you know, look at look at what happens just in small like, communities when women have had enough of something, not unlike the Matthew Arnold quote that we talked about the very first day, that when we come together purely and simply for the benefit of all mankind, it is a force that has never been seen. And when we women, as we know who we are and we know what it means to be woman and our identity as daughters of God, that deep identity, then we live differently. And I think there's a radiance and a brilliance that comes from that truth. And that's captivating. And when we live like that, I, we, I think we know women like that in our lives of you see a woman, a woman living like that or trying to live like that. Isn't it inspiring? You know, it does. It makes you want to go up to meet their level. And you're like, oh, I love that. You know, I just uh, it's the inspiring women that we all have in our own life. And so um, but I was thinking, especially in the area of generosity, my dear sisters, like what what are some areas of generosity that you see that women are particularly attuned to or that you see her living out in an excellent way? Heather, I'm not sure in your life or the women that, you know, or what speaks to you if you look at our lady, just about the area of generosity in the female heart. What what speaks to you in that? Yeah, you know, I'm really blessed to have um, a wonderful example in my life, and that's my my own mother. Um, mm. She, uh, her, and my my dad both are just very generous people, um, both with their time and um, their the gifts they have and their resources. They they really have a heart for other people, and uh, my mom has always you know, shown that to me throughout my entire life, that she's very attentive to other people and then wants to give them everything that she can in that moment, even if it's her presence, um, her, her attention, you know, most people will say, boy, when I'm talking to your mom, like, it just feels like she actually wants to know how I'm doing. Like, it's not the flipping mm. question. And really, I think that that's at the heart of generosity is that when we acknowledge the value and gift of another person who is standing before us, that we want to be attentive to them and open our hearts to them and give to them um, because of their own dignity. And and that's wrapped up in the first quote as well. I think for women, if we understand our own dignity, then we live at this higher level of how we were how we were created. You know, but if we don't understand our own dignity, we begin to lower our ourself, our standards, the way that we live, um, because we're so in need of love and affection. Whereas if we understand our dignity and our, our relationship with God as daughters of God, um, then we're able to give out of a supernatural place of peace. We're not grasping after something. We're able to give out of um, um, an overabundance from what God has given to us. And I think that's really at the heart of true generosity, because there's a difference between giving. Um, sometimes we can give with poor motives or, you know, we don't have the right, we want to feel good about ourselves. Um, but to give generously with, with no strings attached is to really honor the dignity of another and know where our own dignity comes from. Oh, that's so beautiful. I was thinking there's at least 20 Instagram quotes we could pull from that. Oh, what you just said. <laughs> I love what you talked about, the, the presence of the human person in front of us, you know, and the difference between true generosity and, and generosity with strings attached. And don't, maybe we could just all three talk about that for a second. Isn't it so hard? I, I was thinking about this just the other day. Isn't it so hard to totally give without, not talking about being a doormat, but to give freely without expecting anything in return? Mm-hmm. 
oh my gosh, I can't even tell you how challenging that is. And to really the own motives in my heart when I'm giving something like if I'm, am I giving this because I want to, and because it's what the right thing to do. And it's because I'm just, just out of pure generosity to this human person who's amazing, who's standing in front of me, or am I giving so they like me or they think well of me or, you know, it's just so like, I don't know, Michelle, what do you think about that? Like just the area of giving without expecting any, it's like, cause that's, that's how God loves. Like so challenging. So it just amazes me, I guess, like, um, you know, John Paul II is, you know, was kind of brilliant. And just this whole document, how, you know, uh, receptivity and sensitivity and generosity and maternity, they all go together. They're intertwined, you know. And so if you receive really well, you're a really good giver. You know, you have to receive and then give freely, you know, so if you receive freely, which is funny because I love to give gifts like I love I'm a great gift giver. I stink at receiving gifts, which is so nice. Yeah, that's so hard. I'm like one of the hardest people to buy for. I mean, really just get me a gift card to Barnes and Noble or Amazon and coffee and you're done. That's always a good idea. So note to self, husband, listen to this, Um, you know, but like to give freely, you have to receive, be able to receive really well to give freely, you know, and I just love that scripture, you know, given it shall be given unto you, shake down, press together, you know, that's just a powerful scripture, Um, you know, but there is something um, almost magical, you know, spiritual, but magical when you watch someone give really well um, and give freely where, you know, there's no strings attached, oh, so you know, inspiring, yeah. it is, it is very inspiring and almost really rare these days. Mm-hmm. You know, it's heroic. Yeah. It is. It's heroic. It's like a magical unicorn. You just don't see it that often, <laughs> you know, but, but it is, but it shouldn't be rare. It should be one of the things that, um, kind of trademarks our walk with Christ because it means we're receiving really well and we're receiving his love really well to give really well, you know, mm-hmm. with that. Um, yeah. So sister, what are your thoughts? Well, I, yeah, the generosity. I mean, I, I think especially when you talk about, you know, just looking at this quote about being noble, a noble woman, or, you know, this love that brings us closer to Christ so that, that kind of generous love is, it's a hallmark of true love. Cause you know, to love is to will the good of the other. And so it's really a mark of love. And, and yeah, it comes in, in, in gradations of, you know, as we grow more perfect, so to speak, as we allow God to love us, then we can give to another. And it, it truly is, it really is heroic virtue, but it's something that, the world, it's like almost, you know, it's something the world notices because it's so contrary to the ways of the world. Cause the ways of the world are very utilitarian where we say, you know, I'm going to use you to get what I want. And when you're no longer useful, I'm going to discard you. But that's a particular area of the feminine genius right now that speaks very deeply to that wound of the world is the gift of self without, without counting the cost, the gift of self without requiring anything in return, the gift of loving you, not because you're useful to me, but because of who you are as a child of God. And that no matter how cynical people are. I mean, you see that in the life of Mother Teresa. People, I think we've talked about her before, of all walks of life coming to her shelters and volunteering because they can see an inherent good of generosity. But these people that nobody, you can't be repaid back. There's nobody can pay you back for picking up a dying person in the street or the AIDS patients on their last few hours of life. They can't pay you back. But out of the sheer generosity of the human person, and I'm 
we were talking earlier, I was watching this show by, uh, he's a, um, evangelical filmmaker, Darren Wilson. And he was talking about, he went to visit this couple, uh, that runs a, an orphanage in China, um, Mike and Dina Van Hole. And he was a former bank manager and came into contact with, uh, the evangelical healer, Randy Clark. And they had a huge conversion and they ended up just literally selling everything and got plane tickets. They had three little kids and they moved to China they had no idea what they were going to do, but they just knew that God was calling them there. And they ended up opening, uh, I think in 2005, opening an orphanage, but not just for orphans, but for kids that nobody else wanted, even among the orphanages that that they didn't even want to raise. And so the kids are, they're disabled. They have all kinds of handicaps and they're very um, vulnerable and weak and fragile. And this couple with their staff, they just love these kids. And it's just so... Yeah, the the people on the on the shoot were just overwhelmed, and and the guy behind the camera said they do all kinds of filmmaking, like they do, and they interview all kinds of important people. But he said being with Mike and Dina and being with those children, he said every single time it just it just broke their hearts open because you couldn't argue with this generosity of love of pure love, because that's what the right thing to do is because we're children of God. I'm just getting goosebumps talking about it, like that stuff like that is so, and and amen, and that makes the world more human. You know, that, to me, that makes them more, more human. Mm-hmm. That's incredibly yeah. beautiful. Yeah, I think um, even just looking at ourselves and one another in terms of whether we are living as beloved sons and daughters of God or whether we are living as orphans is mm-hmm. also like puts perspective to some of what we're discussing today, because I think often we do live as orphans too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We live as though we have to grasp after everything that we have to make it happen, that we're, we need, um, you know, attention. Um, and, and we don't live in the knowledge that we are beloved sons and daughters. And so it's very hard to give when we feel like we have to grasp after things all the time, we have to take what we can, um, to make it. And, and I think for, for many orphans, one of the, the deep wounds is that there just won't be enough. That I, won't, mm. that I won't get what I need. And so I have to, I have to try to get it as, as well as I can on my own. And it's impossible to give generously when you have that wound, you know, and I think many of us have that spiritual wound where we just don't believe that God is enough and we are hustling, you know, to get things and make it happen. And so I think it is really like a, <clears throat> as we, try to learn to be more generous, we have to rest in the knowledge that we are beloved. We are beloved sons and daughters of the Father, and that we don't have to earn anything. And He just freely gives to us, therefore we can freely give to others. And that He's enough, you know, Mm. that He he is enough. And that was one of the most beautiful things about Mother Teresa. I remember her, uh, a story of her walking through the streets, and she came across this man who was dying, and he was starving, and her order doesn't carry anything with them. And so she she said, I, I have nothing to give you, you know, but Jesus. And she was wrestling herself with, like, I wish I had money. I wish I had food. I wish I had something to give this man. He's, he's dying. And so she just hugged him, and he just, mm. began, he just began to weep. And he just said, no one has touched me in years. Mm. And that really that gift of of presence and love was what he needed more than food and more than, you know, his physical needs to be taken care of. And so I think we underestimate like the gift of presence and love that we can give if we know who we are. And if we're giving out of the, out of the abundance of God um, rather than ourselves. Oh, 
That's, that is so beautiful. And I think that's, and that's something that we can do every day in our own lives. How many people do we pass on the street every day, every people from like the people we sit next to on the subway or people that we buy coffee from, or even our own family members, how many times we just overlook them without just looking them in the eye and even acknowledging them. Oh my gosh. Amen, Heather. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Michelle, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I think for just listening to both of y'all, generosity, I mean, is like so intrinsically rooted in trust, you know, and trust of the father and not only trust in the father and like clarity of your mission, you know, because I think a lot of times Mm -hmm. we can make generosity and link it with busyness. You know, Mm -hmm. if I do this, you know, if I do that and a lot of times Mm -hmm. busyness is not our mission. You know, like we are busy, but we're not generous. You know, we're not in the mission that the Lord has called us to. Um, It's like, so who are we doing these things for? You know, um, where, um, like Heather says, it comes out, it flows out of who we are, you know. And for me, you know, the orphan is so personal to me because, you know, we have two adopted children, you know. And I think Heather, Jake, your husband says it really well, like we're the performing orphan. A lot of ways, Mm -hmm. you know, like if I perform for you and will you love me and I'm worth it, you know, and uh, like, and I just think of one of our children, our little, our spicy one that we brought from Haiti, um, adopted from Haiti, David, I see it in him and oh, that child's spicy, but I can tell when he is performing because he wants me to see him, you know, and I literally have to get on his eye level and say, okay, buddy, see you, you know? you matter and I see you, you know, but it's just that wanting to be recognized, you know, and, um, and two, he's a little spicy. He just likes, you know, uh, I don't know if it's the pot a little bit, you know, know, it's not all out of just brokenness, but it's, you know, it is, um, you know, but to really see the other person and see, you know, but I think that each of us, like if Pope Francis says, like enjoy the gospel, each of us have our own field hospital that God is calling us to be generous in, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and to really pray and say, okay, is this my field hospital or not? You know, um, because I think another thing is, especially for women, we do give until it hurts a lot of times. We sacrifice a lot. We give a lot. But some of these things are not ours to give to. And we don't take care of ourselves really well either. You know, um, and so it's this holy tension of, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. And we don't do the latter part so we can do the first part really well, you know? Um, so really asking us the hard questions, okay, how do I love myself? And then out of that in love God and now that extension, how do I love my neighbor? And this is where is this where my field hospital is that the spirit is calling me, you know, to minister into. So yeah, those are my thoughts. Sister? Oh, that's so good. I, I love what you're talking about of of his busyness versus generosity. And isn't that like the hallmark of somebody who's important today is you're busy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. God forbid we're not busy for real. You know what I'm saying? And it just, it's true. It's like you hear generosity and you're like, Oh crap, you're going to ask me to do something more. Aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it was women were so good when we're so good at service and we are, and it's just like, I love that. I, I just love the two of you. Can I just say that? But I, you just inspire me so much. And I, I mean, how, how can I be, a, how can I afford to be generous if I don't believe I'm loved? 
Because yeah. I, I will always be calculating. I will always be saying, is there enough left for me? Or if I perform well enough, so it's a string attached. Okay, I'll do this, but you're going to have to give me some affection or attention. <laughs> and I think it's that true. Like when he talks about this is the level of any civilization is always the level of its womanhood. It's paramount for us to to sink more deeply into the truth of who we are, our identity. Because that, that's that's where we find the ability. It's in Christ. It's not something I have to muster up or, you know, it's in it's that free gift of love that he so lavishly pours out upon us in good times and in bad and sickness and in health forever because he just loves us. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. And these dynamics are often very subtle within our own hearts. I don't think most of us are thinking in every moment, what can I get out of this? You know, oh, true, these dynamics yeah. are like so subtle and usually masked by other things. And normally we are so busy that we don't have um, the presence, like to uh, attentiveness to our own self or the self-awareness to know what we're thinking and what is motivating us. So I think some of these questions are worth bringing before God, you know, in our prayer time to get quiet and reflect. Um, what are these areas that I'm longing for? Because Michelle, you mentioned, you know, with David that he just wants to be seen and that exposes something in all of us. All of us want to be seen and known, you know, like for him, it's a very tangible wound that's there. Uh, And for us, it's in the heart of every human person. Like, do you, uh, we want to be seen and known and loved for who we are completely. And, and that can only be, accomplished fully in relationship with God. So if we're seeking that from someone else, yes, I can see you both and I love you both, but you know, my my love for you is going to fail at some point even if I don't want it to. Whereas knowing that we're seen and loved and adored by the creator of the entire universe, <laughs> I mean to have that resonate deeply in our bones. When you receive something like that, you're able to give something like that. When it's been modeled, when you've received it in your own life, you're able to see the need in others and then bring that to them. Um, even in a small way, you know, I've had this example of, of my parents and my mom who is so generous and selfless and hospitable. And, and I'm able to, to give in similar ways, not that I do it perfectly at all, but it's not that hard for me to do that because I've seen it my whole life. I've experienced it my whole life. I received it my whole life. So I'm able to give it. Um, and that's very similar in our relationship with God. The more that we receive and acknowledge one, our needs and bringing it to the right source who is God, the more we're able to give that to others. That's so true. And so well said. And yeah, I mean, where else, where else shall we go? (laughs) (laughs) Where else is there to go? And, you know, otherwise it just seems overwhelming and it is because we're trying to, you know, grasp at something or pull from something that can't possibly give us what we're ardently longing for. It's just an impossibility, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah. Um, so ladies, we are coming to our point where, uh, we have a one thing. So what is the one thing this week? We talk about generosity and the feminine genius and maybe I have nothing to do with that, but <laughs> what is, what is the one thing this week that you're absolutely loving or that's just really speaking to your heart? Michelle, have you had a chance to, to think about that and share with us? We're dying to know. Oh, you're just dying to know. Um, yes, I do. Um, in the theme of generosity, um, I just want to think there is a great new um, conference out in Denver called Scatter and Sew. Mm. And these two young, um, well, 
sort of young, your 20s, younger than I am, um, women, Tara and Aaron are um, doing this conference and it's to reveal and elevate God's presence through beauty, creativity and relationship. And it's just really, and it's called Scatter and Sew. And I just loved the idea of it when I came across of it. But it is all about um, hand lettering and different creativity to uh, bring forth beauty in the church and into women's life. It's for Catholic women. And I just loved it. I love their vision. And um, I really just felt called. It's like, okay, this is something I need to invest in, you know. And this, these women, like I will not be at the events, but I can invest, you know, by, you know, sharing it and, you know, sponsoring it in some way, shape or form. But, um, you know, like to really, um, I think that's another thing with generosity is like when the Lord has given you things, then you need to invest those things in others. It's like investing in the talents and really champion. Um, for me, I always want to champion other women and their, um, especially pioneering initiatives. And so, and I think this is a beautiful one. So it's called scatter. And so I'll put the link on the podcast website. And so, but I'm loving it. That sounds amazing. Aesthetically, it's just beautiful, you know. So I love that. I must say that may say that about a hundred times about things, but it is. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think that really fits into fits into the quote though of you know that love raises you up, and that's something that raises you up. So yeah, it's beautiful. What about you, Heather? You know, my one thing right now is uh, noticing things that are happening in my own little city here in Abbotsford. Um, I'm noticing that there's a lot of local businesses that are that are starting and and rising up. They're mostly, you know, young adults who are starting these businesses, whether it be, you know, Duft and Co. making these amazing pastries or the Fieldhouse Brewery or um, Spruce Collective. And what I'm seeing is that I, I follow them all on Instagram. And one aesthetically beautiful, everything, you know, that they have, but they're not in competition with one another. Mm. They're all in the same little area of downtown. Um, And then there's some other ones, Bloom, the Tulip Festival, Michelle, I know you're like dying to see that. Um, An old hand coffee, like they're, they all, like you said, I love that word. They champion one another. They celebrate one another's victories. Um, They celebrate each other's anniversaries. They, you know, give shout outs to one another. And it's like this really beautiful, contagious support of one another. And I, I think it's appropriate for the generosity topic, but they're freely just supporting one another and not in competition with one another. And I love seeing it, you know, like it's not just within our church circles. Like I'm recognizing this in other, in other places and it's incredibly beautiful. You know, it's contagious. I want to be a part of it somehow. And I want to also look as how can I do that, you know, with other people and in places here as well. So I love that and, and support local businesses. I think that that's a beautiful way to support diversity in our cities is to support local businesses, even though, yes, it may cost more, um, but people are working hard and it's not a cookie cutter, you know, that's, it's creative and unique. And I think we have a responsibility to respond to those gifts that they're offering. How about you, sister? Well, mine is, <laughs> mine is uh, less uh, ethereal. I, I just, I saw Beauty and the Beast and I loved it. Can I just say that? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I saw it in 3D and I mean, I, 
and there are there are some certain criticisms of that movie, and but the heart of the story is intact. And I there were parts I laughed out loud. It's very clever and just very visually beautiful. And just you know, I, I've, heard, I've when I worked at the daycare, we used to see that movie, the Disney version, over and over and over again. And then our kids at the middle school did the Broadway version for their spring play. And just hearing the music again, it just brought me back to some just really neat memories. And it's a great story, and I love Belle. And I there's a really beautiful part where they actually fill out the story more of. Um, her mom and how she lost her mom and about also the beast and how he became how he was. And so you see them as people. And there's just one part of the the story where Belle asks her dad, she said, dad, just tell me one thing about my mother. Tell me one more thing. And he looks at Belle and he says, your mother was fearless fearless. And I just, mm-hmm. uh, and it shows later how she ended up sacrificing herself for Belle. It just, uh, so I, I mean, it's, it's a, like I said, it's a fun and I laughed out loud and it was just really beautiful. So I would highly recommend, um, just, it's just a great story. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm dying to see it with my girls too. Yeah. yeah Anything that the- gives you a library. I mean, that's a keeper. Like, oh, I mean, you, girl, wow. wait till you see her library. <laughs> oh, wow. I'd be like, oh, sweet. Give me that library. And so, yeah, that's awesome. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining us today on our discussion on generosity and the feminine genius. Uh, join us next week for part four in our series. And remember, ladies, that you are loved. We can afford to be generous because we have a God who lavishes his love upon us. So, God bless you. Check out our website at Abiding Together Podcast. If you could subscribe and share an episode with a friend, we'd really be grateful. And give us a rating or a review. That really helps us along the way. So until next time, have a wonderful week. God bless you. Abiding together. 